Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am really excited and a little nervous about this episode for whatever reason. It's just a little different than usual, but it's so packed with great stuff. So on this episode, I talked with Stacy Ackerman, who's the founder of a company called Agilify Training. And I wanted to talk with her because I was dying to have a conversation with someone about Scrum. And don't worry if you don't know what this is. I didn't either until recently. And then I needed to learn more. And I did this initially for my own research because I really wanted to learn about this for the next iteration of the planner and how I organized Flow 365. Um, But I decided in the end that it would make a great podcast interview, even though I also got to ask a lot of the questions that I needed to answer um, in order to really fold some of this knowledge into the flow planning process. So Scrum is a management framework. So something that we use in the corporate world. And it's based on collaboration and teamwork and focus and getting things done in a small, in small iterative ways. So it was initially created um, in the tech space for a group of people who might have been more comfortable working all on their own. And all of a sudden we're thrown together in a team having to build these huge things. And when I started doing research um, for this next round of the flow planner, I came across a bunch of articles on Scrum that really caught my attention because I realized that a lot of the things we were doing had already been invented and tested out um, in this capacity. And one of the things is this idea of a three-week sprint was really what drew me in. But the more and more I talk with Stacy the more I just love everything about the process because the truth is, is that as moms, we can isolate ourselves in a similar way than the audience that Scrum was really made for. So it's such a perfect tool for us to have in our households. And a lot of what we talk about today is already part of the flow planning process or will be part in the next iteration. So I'm super excited for you to hear from her. And the cool thing about Stacy, and I'm so glad I found her, is that she does this in a corporate setting right now. She actually teaches marketers how to use Scrum. So she's using it a little bit out of how it was initially, um, what it was initially created for. But she also at some point was known as the Scrum Mom and really utilized a lot of these tools in her household. So she's going to tell us all about that today. So along with getting my higher level questions answered, we also get a lot of really strategic ways that we can use this in our homes. Um, She talks about homework. She talks about chores. And all these things are so good um, to get in place as we head back into the school year. And 
actually all of these, all of the energy behind this episode, I find, I think it's, I chose to make this episode come out now because I really do think it is kind of like back to school energy. And I hope everyone is inspired to go find that, that stack of post-its or go buy a new stack of post-its and have the family meeting that Stacey tells us about in this episode because it's so fun. So one more announcement before I officially introduce you to Stacey, um, I have a couple spots left in Flow 365. If it's calling to you, I would love to have you. Um, This is for the September start time. It's been a really interesting launch. It's been super fun. It's been so fun to see who's signing up, who's stepping forward, really into you know, committing to the life that they really want to create for themselves, which in most cases involves, um, you know, showing up to work in a way that you want to show up, showing up to your kids in a way that you really want to show up and showing up to your health and food and wellness in a way that you really want to. I feel like those are the the three big parts of flow and, and why it's so helpful to show up and make these plans. And it, the other reason that I think it's so funny that I'm that this episode makes so much sense to me is we have these Monday meetings Um, every week so that we can really say what we're working on individually. And so we're working, we're not necessarily working on like one goal as a group, but the ability to have that accountability to have other women who are also trying to make big changes, watch you make changes, even though everyone's changes, all the things that people are working toward are very different. We have people who've been injured trying to run, you know, more miles. We have, um, people who really want to uh, get to the next level with their food practices. We have people who really want to get to their business to the next level. We have people working on family goals and really becoming the best mom they can be. So there's all sorts of different goals happening, but this idea of showing up um, to your own life and really getting organized about it really resonates, really to me, map so clearly into everything we're going to learn about today from Stacy. So if all of this resonates or sounds at all intriguing or curious, definitely go check it out. Plansimple.com slash flow365. I would love for you to be part of this September cohort. It's such a great time to join. For me, September is so much I don't know. It's just so so much more full of that energy, that new energy than even January is. I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks that, but for me, January is this time when I'm just like, you know, need to recover from the holidays and want to be quiet and introspective and creative. Um, And even though the world is telling me I should be wanting to plan, what I really want to do is be introspective. Um, And so September though, really feels to me like how I think January is supposed to. So if you have that, if you're the kind of person who's always like wanting a September start calendar, this might be just the thing for you. And I would be so happy to answer any questions. I'm doing it a little differently now. I used to only accept applications and that became such a barrier for people of entry that now I just tell you everything I can about it and you can just sign up if it resonates with you and it feels like the right time. And then I go into the part where I really get to know you, but I don't want you to hesitate to ask any questions. So always feel free to reach out to Mia at plansimplemeals.com. Ask any questions you need to. I want you to make a great decision. I've even hopped on the phone with some people and I just, I just, want you to be able to plan your best life. I want you to be your healthiest self. Um, And if this can help you, then, you know, that's awesome. 
So let's, let's get Stacy on. I ask her a lot of questions about what she does and how she does it. So I'm not going to read her official bio. I just want you to meet her and listen to all this agile stuff from her mouth because it's so cool. And I try to explain throughout this episode how it ties into the flow planning process. So hopefully none of this gets um, too techy or, you know, too out of context to what we normally do. But I'm super excited that this, this way of planning exists because I really do think that it it's proven, like it's proven that it works and it is really going to help inform um, and, and proof what's already part of the flow planning process. All right, let's meet Stacy. Hey, Stacy, welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. Hey, thank you for having me here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited and I'm so excited we figured out this interview so quickly. So thank you for that. Um, I, for everyone listening, I have just been, I feel like, knee deep or head deep or whatever, like I'm totally immersed in just researching planning and methodologies that already exist and things that have already worked for people and seeing how they translate into the home life and into the flow planning process. And in doing that, I came across Scrum, which my husband laughed at me because, he, of course, he's known about it for years because he's in the tech industry. But I just, as I got deeper and deeper into it, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to interview somebody about this on the show. And Stacy popped into my worldview in like 24-hour notice. So thank you for being here. <laughs> and yeah, so, thank you for having me. So first, let's start off because you're a mom. So tell us a little bit about that, where you live, who you're a mom to, that part. And then we'll dive into this idea of Scrum. Sure. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I have three kids. I have a 14-year-old boy, a 12-year-old boy, and a nine-year-old daughter. All right. Cool. So, and literally, we talked about this before we recorded, but you do have three kids exactly one year behind mine. <laughs> so, I love that. We're in the same boat. It's a, it's a crazy phase of life, for sure. Although I find it's getting better and better. I don't think I was the best baby person ever. So, as they're getting older, I'm actually finding it more and more fun. It is. Just different challenges and a lot of schedules. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you've moved out of, um, you used to have a blog about scrum and motherhood, correct? Which I you, did. Which you've sort of migrated away from, but I'm super excited that you have all that probably in your head to share with us today. So will you first a little bit tell us the background of this method and then we'll sort of like relate it to how it might affect our work and family lives? Yeah, well, absolutely. So Scrum is a management framework, and my professional life, I am an agile coach teaching Scrum, um, teaching this in the corporate world, helping them find a better way to work. And it's really all about collaboration and teamwork and focus and getting things done in small, iterative ways um, of working. And so I, I started experimenting a lot with this in my home life and found a lot of um, usefulness that I could use both at home and at work. I love that. Okay. So you threw out a couple of words. So explain, let's, let's stay in corporate for a minute. So explain how corporate maybe used to work and how this changes how people might work together as we're starting to draw these parallels. Absolutely. So Scrum is most prevalent in IT and in software. That's really um, where it's been the last few decades. And so the problem that software developers had was their business partners 
were so far removed. And so they were building software and they weren't collaborating with their business partners and their business stakeholders. And they weren't, and they were taking way too long. They were taking years to get something out the door. It wasn't happening quickly enough. And so Scrum came about as a framework to really have a, a very streamlined collaborative process between um, a business and um, people doing the work. So in this case, software. Um, although right now I, I work mainly with marketers. So we're seeing it applied in all kinds of places. And really it is to get things out faster and to get quick feedback and to iterate from there. Um, for example, um, in software, it might have taken them traditionally a year to get something out the door. By the time they got it to the customer, it was outdated um, and they would have to go back to the drawing board. Um, so when they started using Scrum, the goal is to get things out the door faster, even though they might not be fully done. Um, so it's to iterate upon an idea, get feedback and build from there. So a software feature, um, the idea is maybe you release it in two weeks, you get feedback, you build on it from there. And there are a series of meetings um, and ways of working that make this all happen very in a very streamlined way. That's cool. And well, the first thing that I think of then is just this idea of motherhood and how lonely it can actually be and how un like unpartnered you can feel in the daily activities and how you, especially for this audience who are a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people with big ideas and wanting to move forward and just literally not being able to take those steps to move forward because you're like alone doing all these other tasks that have nothing to do with the thing that you really want to do. Um, or mm -hmm. like even a health goal, right? Like I just feel like everything takes longer when we're in this phase of our lives. And so that, I, that idea of small iterative, iterative steps and also mm -hmm. like that you're in partnership with somebody, both of those things seem like they could be foreign <laughs> in, in yeah. our lives. <laughs> Not that we don't, you know, it's like we have these kids, we have some, you know, spouses and we have all these people in our life to partner with, but we just don't always structure it in a way that, that we create those partnerships. So what did you find as you were sort of relating this back to home and motherhood? Yeah, well, I found it was a really good way to stay organized for one thing. So one of the first things that I started doing was using Scrum to manage housework and homework. And, um, and so how we did that is we took our family and we basically made ourselves a scrum team. And so I really served kind of as the scrum master. A scrum master is someone who really is leading the process. And um, then we have a product owner. A product owner is someone who kind of sets the strategy and where we're going. And, and my husband's always that big picture guy. So we made him the product owner. And then everybody else on a scrum team is just a contributing team member. So we made the kids contributing team members. And then we decided one day, um, so instead of, instead of having the kids go, here's your job, here's your job, here's your job, we sat down as a family and we said, um, what are all the things that we need to do to effectively run our household? And we got out sticky notes and I let the kids basically go at it and, and come up with all of these things. And I actually had to go run out of the room for a second and find more sticky notes. And I came back and they had 
come up with so many awesome ideas. Um, and they got really excited about this because what happens is we involve them in the process. So with a corporate team, it's about involving the team members in the process rather than leadership dictating the process. So that's got one it. of the ways um, that it works. So especially when you have teens and tweens, having them have a say um, and having some empowerment is super helpful. Um, so then we came up with the idea of a board and one of the things in Scrum is usually you visualize your work. You have it in a board. Um, it can be as simple as to do in progress and done. Um, and we've experimented with this many different ways. We've had a whiteboard, we've had phone apps. We've, we are always experimenting with what works time being. Um, but we let the team um, pick their own work that they're going to do and commit to their work. And so um, we do this now about once a month. We tried it first to do it every week and that just became too much. But once a month we'll usually switch um, out what happens and what the jobs are and who's going to take what in the household. So. That's so interesting. And, does, and do you go through that whole brainstorming process once a month? Or is it less involved once you've done it once? Yeah. Um, well, we've been doing this for about three years now, so it's certainly okay. um, evolved over time. And I think, um, but it always changes. I mean, we, we we moved to a new house, and we used to have snow shoveling as a job, and you know, certainly that that isn't needed anymore. In North Carolina. <laughs> it's hot there. <laughs> so, so our family evolves, and our needs evolve, and as the kids have gotten older, we've given them, you know let them take on more responsibility. So it does change um, a little bit every month, but not as drastically um, as it did the first time. Okay, so when, so you meet once a month, and then at the end of that meeting, everybody sort of knows how they're pitching in to the yes. households. Okay, and then, I mean, I, I have teenagers, and mine are like kind of good, but they totally would, you know, some days they'll come home from camp or school and be like, uh, you know, I just need a break. I can't unload the dishwasher or whatever it is. So how do you use it to check in through, like in between the meetings? Like, do they just feel empowered? Does the board help with that? Like, how does that work? Yeah. And like I said, we've, we've tried this all different ways. And of course that, um, that always changes. And, and sometimes we have, to, we're like, oh, it's really time to switch jobs. Cause I can tell towards the end of the month, falls off a little bit so we might switch jobs um but I've tried a, a number of different things right now over the summer it's been you don't get technology until you complete your we call them scrum jobs until you complete your scrum jobs um so so that's kind of worked um I also started adding allowance to it which I never believed in before but now we have an app we call um green light and all their scrum jobs are listed in there and so I'll just oh. check them off at the end of the week um, for them to get paid, and then they get it on a debit card. So as they've gotten older, we've kind of upped the ante a little bit from yeah. when they were younger. I love but we're that. we're also giving them more, um, more responsibility, too. Well, and I think that's really important, too, because I think that's actually hard as a parent as well, um, or I don't know, it's been hard in our household, is that it's it's sometimes you forget like how, like you definitely in the moment of parenting and like all the stuff you're balancing and just like the year changing and summer being different than school year and like holidays and whatever, you forget that it's always changing. And so one of the other things that I really love about what you're saying is that you're always reevaluating um, 
versus like assuming that something can, I feel like a lot of times we assume that it's going to be like it is for longer than it probably should be um, because we're not checking in at that level. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's interesting you say that because um, agile is kind of the umbrella um, term for scrum and, and all of this is about being agile. So agile is all about flexibility, um, re-evaluation and inspecting and adapting what we're doing. So that's the agile mindset that I kind of bring that philosophy into my family. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's so great. And so, and so do, what do you, you, you call those meetings just scrum meetings, but do, do are they looked forward to? Like, how do you, how do you set up those meetings? Yeah. So, so in official scrum terms, it's called sprint planning, which is what we're going to plan to do for a certain period of time. And in, in this case, we do it about a month at a time. And I, try and do it like when we're all together say we're eating dinner or just finishing up dinner dinner having brunch on sunday or something like that um just when we're all kind of there and and focused and can have this conversation and i think the kids do like it because by the time we usually get to the end of the month they're like i I don't want to do the dishes anymore i don't want to you know feed the cats anymore i want to change it up so yeah so they like that and they do like that sense of um they they kind of get to own that work and I love that. And do you feel like is that the one is that the place that you've instigated this method at home? That's one place. Oh, right. I've done this in many ways. Um, so another way was last year we moved from Minnesota to North Carolina, and we used Scrum Scrum to we scrummed our cross country move. That's what it was. And so this was actually my husband's idea. Um, and he was, all of a sudden he came to me one day and we have an online tool we use called Trello, Trello.com. I love Trello. Put together a backlog. So a backlog is an artifact that we use in Agile, basically to prioritize all of the upcoming work. So we were so overwhelmed by this move and there were just so many tasks um, to manage with it. We were you know, trying to sell our house and I was traveling internationally at the time and we, you know, three kids and trying to get them enrolled in school. So we had so many things. So for about a year, we kept up this, you know, from the time we were thinking of moving until we kind of got through the first six months of the transition and we used this board to, to manage the tasks. And it was so helpful. And it really brought transparency between my husband and myself and like, oh, I do see you have a lot of work you're doing. I won't, you know, ask you to do anything else right now. So that's interesting. So, and so do you set up that board of like, this is the list and then, well, and for anyone who doesn't know Trello, it's, it's kind of like drawing columns on a whiteboard, I guess, right. Is the best way to say it. (laughs) And then you can move things from one column to the next. So did you set up like a column with all the things and then you would move it in? Like, how do you, how did you organize that? Yeah, so we call that an agile backlog. So that's exactly it. It's everything we have to do, and it's emergent. So there's always new things popping in there, right? Oh, wait, we got to, you know, call and hire a moving company, or we got, you know, so that list is always growing, of course. And then we prioritize that. So the highest priority items go on top. Um, and, and then whatever was in progress, we'd pull it in to in progress. Um, and then we'd see when it was done and we would color code them sometimes by, you know, who's doing it or, you know, yep. is that for you cool. or is that for me, something the kids can take on. 
I love that. That's awesome. Um, it's funny because I've been, we use um, Trello for our company for Plan Simple and, and I forget sometimes that it has such good home implications. So, and so do you use the same Trello for, because you run a company too for your work and your home? So you can sort of see both things at once? I use it different board and a different backlog for my company but I yep. um I can't see both things at once but I can right. toggle between them I can toggle between them so I absolutely use it for my company and in fact um, I am a solopreneur um, but I do have a collaboration partner who's also an agile practitioner and a mom and so we have a every Monday morning we both share our Trello boards our goals for the week we help support each other in that way um, and help each other with our businesses. So it's, it's wonderful um, to use that. that. So and that I feel like an agile kind of way of thinking as well. So, so wait, you aren't, you're a solopreneur, but you've just sort of used her as accountability so that you're sharing your, so you're becoming agile because you're sharing what you're doing with somebody else. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I mean that that um doesn't make you agile necessarily. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're both we're both agile practitioners. Yeah. So um we really help um keep each other accountable, hold each other. I love that. I love that. Cuz and so the process like accountability is a big part of it, right? Like because that that seems like a big part of like staying um staying agile right like because you need the team like it seems like a team effort is is there a way to implement it for just you like say you have a i don't know a health goal um that's yours like how can you think of how you would sort of translate that this process into that yeah absolutely so i use a lot of the agile methodology um to do this so every single friday I plan out my next week. Every Friday afternoon, I take That's tasks what we do. Off. I love that. <laughs> and I put them in my to-do for Monday morning. So I do one-week sprints for my own company. And even though I'm a, a company of one, um, I have – this is my sprint plan. Um, and so every week I have – this is exactly what I'm going to accomplish this week. And, and then I meet with – my accountability partner and tell her, well, here's what I'm going to accomplish this week. And sometimes we'll text throughout the week and how's it going or, you know, share yeah. feedback and things like that. Um, but it's worked so well. So I really just started doing that in January and it's been phenomenal and I'll color code it for different clients or is this a marketing thing or a finance thing I'm doing? So I can see that I'm balancing also what I'm doing and that I'm really working on the most important stuff. Uh, Cause as a mom, as you know, life like time in, in your life is so precious. And so you want to maximize every single second that you have. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So, um, okay. So you, so you'd plan that on Friday for your, for your um, work week. And then is there anything else in your life that you're thinking about using these processes? besides the chores and the kids. Yeah, and then I, I actually have another board that's just kind of like my Stacy personal board. And okay. that's just kind of like things I need to do, like make a doctor's appointment for the kids, register for soccer, um, you know, it, just things that really don't have anything to do with work, um, but they're kind of like a backlog of home things to do. So okay. um, not chore related, but just kind of a, a to-do list management. And I'm a little looser with that one. Um, that one, I 
I not as formal and rigid as I am with my work week one. Um, so it's it's just more of a to do to do in progress and done. And I don't. Do and how and how do you decide? So like so it sounds like you're very structured with the work one and like with the projects that are going on at home. And how within this process do you decide? Like how how do you understand how much time something's going to take? And then like when you're going to do it. So if you have these different kinds of boards that, you know, are for different parts of your life. And the thing that all solopreneurs know is that, and who are moms is that it's like hard to turn off business or, you know, it's hard to go into business if you're coming off a family vacation, whatever, like the transitions can be a little bit dicey. So how Mm -hmm. do you, how do how do you learn? I guess, are you learning throughout the process? Like what can actually be accomplished in a week? I'm assuming you're pretty good at that now, but. Um. I don't know if I'm good at it. I think I'm like most people where I'm like, I'm going to get that all done. And I always, you know, commit to more than, than I really can get done. So I tend to have that personality too. Um, But one thing that's been tremendously helpful, and this comes from Scrum, is the idea of time boxing. And that's trying to focus something and giving yourself a certain amount of time. So if I need to write a blog article, I might say, I'm going to block my calendar from 10 to 12 today. And I'm just going to focus on this blog article. Also having the things in the board. Um, one of the ideas is that you don't want to have too much work in progress. So you're trying to get th- more things done than started. So you don't want to just start a whole bunch of tasks. So this Ooh, is I really like that. It's really, really hard for me, but I have to consciously think about it every day. So I might say, okay, I started a project yesterday that I didn't finish. And even though I'd rather go and do like pick up the next thing because it's going to be more fun, I need to get that other thing finished first and I need to, and so I do that and then I do a lot of time boxing. I love that. That's awesome. And so, and then the other part I think that I was reading about this whole process is then at the end of a sprint, you check in with your, like there's some, I don't, I feel like the word ceremony was used on some blog, <laughs> but like you check, yeah. <laughs> you check in with yourself at the end um, or you check in with your team to, to make, to see what got done and what didn't get done. And then there's a separate process for like learning from that. Is that true? Yeah. So the things that you're referring to, there are two meetings or sometimes they're called ceremonies. One is called a sprint review and one is called a sprint retrospective. So a sprint review, um, this is really when you have stakeholders and customers involved. Um, Basically, you're showing them your work, you're getting feedback on that, and you're using that as input to populate what's going on the backlog for future work. Um, I don't use that so much at home. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the retrospective is about the team and the process and how they work together. So like with my family, we don't necessarily do a formal retrospective, but before we start sprint planning, we have kind of an informal conversation of things like, well, you know what, having, you know, Evan do the, the dishes last time didn't really work out so well. You know, we, maybe mom or dad should take on that task or things like that. So we'll have kind of an informal retrospective to inspect and adapt on the process. I love that. And that, well, and I think that in our work, like how we're parenting that pro that process of learning from what we just committed to can be so invaluable. And I feel like it's something I feel like it's something that men tend to do more than women naturally because we're so sort of judgy of ourselves. <laughs> um, but I think, but I, I've watched as people sort of take um, 
sort of assess what they've gotten done and what they haven't, that actually one of the things that comes out of that is really, um, especially for women, noticing what you did do. Because I think we always go toward what we didn't finish instead of what we did finish, which is why I really mm. liked that idea of the wrap up. Yes. Um, so, okay. So I got really excited about this process. So here on Plan Simple, we talk a lot about sort of food and meal planning and lifestyle planning, which definitely involves chores, but maybe also like, and a move and house projects and, you know, whatever else is going on, cleaning out the basement. Um, and we also talk a lot of, of work, which we're, we've talked a lot about here. And we talk a lot about the idea of just um, downtime and uh, meditation and mindfulness practices. And so for the, the sort of food and wellness and the mindfulness practices, um, as I was diving into the idea of a sprint, I love the idea of focus for a given amount of time. For some reason, I'm drawn to three weeks. Um, but there's something about that word that obviously like infers work. So it makes sense that it goes with chores and a move and like the work that we do on a daily basis. But I feel like there's also, it seems like it could just also be used for focus. Right. So I have this goal around, I don't know, like getting my kids to eat more vegetables at dinner. Um, and I can totally see how I feel like this could be implemented to help that process happen, right? Because you're absolutely involving mm -hmm. them. You, I can see how you can meal plan using, you know, having a bet. Like one of the things I find when people meal plan is that we forget what we know how to make when we sit down to make the plan. And so I can yeah. see like this whole backlog of things that we make and like different ways to uh, different like add-ons to that and how we could like get to this health goal and just focusing on that for um, a, committing to it for a certain amount of time. Um, okay. So have you found in working, because you help a lot of people implement this who haven't, you know, implemented it before, do you find that it's hard? Like, I don't think it's, sometimes it's hard to reach a goal and this seems like it makes it more likely that somebody, that a team will reach a goal in a more, I don't know, happy or involved manner. Um, but I also wonder if because of this nature, nature of a sprint that you're more likely to um, work your way through obstacles than you would be otherwise. Absolutely. Um, having a sprint is also another time box. Um, yeah. That's so when you have sort of that end date and a goal in mind, it, it just helps you stay more focused and more motivated. And when your end goal is six months or a year out, you, you tend to lose it or it's kind of then it's hurry to the finish line, right? Where when you have that shorter time box, um, you're a lot more focused and um, it's easier. And also iPhone as an entrepreneur, um, when I do my weeklies, Sometimes it's just overwhelming to think about all the things you have to do. Um, so if I only have to think about what am I just going to do for this week right now, um, it, it really helps me not freak out going, oh my God, it's just, it's, it's so overwhelming. Um, I found before I started doing that, I was getting a lot less done because it was just, it was just too overwhelming. And so I just wouldn't do anything. Right. And is part of the idea behind the backlog that you're getting it all down. Like, so maybe you'd have months worth of where do you have the place where you understand the big picture is that in the backlog where you understand like all the things that need to get done but then you're just moving into your weekly sprint the things you're going to focus on for that week yeah yeah, yeah basically okay 
Um, I love that. All right. So is there anything else? Are there any other strategies or ways that you see this parallel? Well, I mean, you're doing it in work, but just any other parts of the scrum method that you think are important to know about? Yeah, I think the main things that I probably take away from it outside of work are collaboration mm -hmm. um, and focus and time boxing. Okay. Those so are those are kind of my main three. Um, we haven't even gone into like the full detail of what Scrum is. Um, so I'm only really using pieces of it outside of work. Um, but the pieces that I feel like are really important. Um, Okay, so so collaboration is this idea that there's a team and you shared how you like find that e even with your work where there's not necessarily a team. Mm -hmm. um, your yeah. family can be a team. You can create a team like in a master. Like I, there, I feel like there's so many ways that we can find right. teams. As, I mean, it's how we work as women. I feel like it's like what we're gravitated toward as women is groups of, groups of people. Um, mm -hmm. So that... That's awesome. So we should all go looking for those teams for or the different collaborators for our different projects. Um, and then, sorry. And so then the other time, so you call it time. What do you call time it? Boxing. Time, uh, boxing. time I boxing. Call, I call it time blocking, yeah. which I think is something similar. So time boxing could be, right. I do my business sprints every week mm -hmm. or I do my household sprints every month. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's time boxing or even time boxing my day to focus on a specific task. I'm going to time box my morning um, where I'm going to focus on one task. I even do things like try and shut off my email. And after I finish this time box, then I respond to email because I'm very distracted and we all are, right? We have a million yes. um, things. I also try to put into account like my kids' calendars and where am I going to um, be pulled away. Um, so sometimes I need to make up that time and I, at, in the evening or whatever it is, but I really am very clear about how I time back that. And do you find that that has communicated back to your kids in any way? Well, they certainly know the word scrum jobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, but the idea of like, the idea of, of time boxing, like just the idea of concentrating on one thing at a time, I feel like that's so missing in the, like this generation, like just with the phones and the, like, it's just, there's so many distractions right now and so much instant gratification. And I, I would assume, you know, we, many psychologists actually have been on this podcast and share that, you know, what we are doing ourselves is what our kids are watching and usually what they adopt. Mm -hmm. So I, I imagine that like part of that must migrate over to them and maybe they have more focus. I, I don't know. Hope, <laughs> I hope, well, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, they do know like Sunday at the end of the week is kind of when I check their jobs and they need to have completed them to get their allowance. And so there's sort of that, that time box there that they know. Um, they've also decided on their phone apps when they're going to do certain chores that are weekly. So one of them might say, I want to do it on Saturdays and um, I'm going to do Saturday morning. So, so I think that idea is, is kind of there. And it's part of um, that, that scrum process, either in work or with the chores in your case, is it like knowing what the tasks are and also putting them against time, like real time. So like yeah. knowing when they're going to happen, is that part of that meeting? It is. Okay. It is. Yeah. So the kids, um, 
will usually kind of say um, when they're going to do it. You know, certain things like setting the table for dinner, well, that happens at dinner. But um, other things like feeding the cats, okay, I'm going to do that every day when I wake up. Or cleaning my room, I'm going to do that on Sunday. So they kind of figure out um, what works in their schedule. And I've even had arguments with them. That I was like, well, why don't you do it on Saturday? You'll get it done faster. You know, and like, no, I want to do it on Sunday. Okay, fine. You know, you pick your battles, right? And so it's part of empowering them to, to own it. Okay. And when did you have this, when were you really considering scrum and mom, like, when did you become the scrum mom? When was, how many years ago was that? I, gosh, um, I think it was three or four years ago. Okay. So your kids were a little bit younger. Like I'm mm -hmm. wondering for people who are listening, who have younger kids, if you have any tricks that you used at home, you know, I, I feel like a five-year-old is not going to be so good about having like a a chore meeting, but well, my um, I said my daughter was probably only five or six when we started this, yep. so she was still young. I would say I think she might have been like in kindergarten, first grade, somewhere in there. Yeah, um, she really loved the idea of like being able to write things down and stick it on the mm. wall, and like she got very into that and to be able to visualize things, and and she still loves that part. <laughs> so. <laughs> But yeah, she was really into it too, even at that time. Oh, that's um, good you, to know. You know, they don't have the level of responsibility at that age. So, yeah. you know, you're not going to have them do as much as I expect now. Um, but the kids were the ones who initially took on all the work anyways. Um, and I had to kind of rein them in saying, you know what, that's probably way too much. <laughs> right. Okay. And uh, so do you have any other places in, in your home life that you've used this process that, that we haven't touched on? I mean, maybe you have many, but, or that you think are important for people to hear. You know, that's, that kind that's of covers it. it. All right. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my last question is around ideas. So one of the things that I've noticed is that this process works really good when you have this whole to-do list or, have this initial big idea that needs to be solved. But is there, is there a process involved in this whole method for coming up with those ideas, I guess, and, and creating those lists? Because um, I feel like, especially for entrepreneurs and home, that that really, I'm less so for developers, so maybe it doesn't really exist, but. Yeah, yeah. So in the business world, it's, it's kind of, putting together your backlog. Um, but that's kind of an ongoing thing, right? Cause yeah. there's always ideas coming. Um, and at home, really we generated that first backlog by just sitting down and saying, what are all the things that have to happen? Yeah. And that created the list. Um, so that's just a good way as a family to sit down and say, okay, we're moving. Everyone take a, you know, a sticky note and write down all the things you think we have to do. That populates okay. that. Right and so like, so in work, when you're creating the backlog, is everything that everyone thinks of part of that? And then the way that, that you figure out what you're doing is that you're prioritizing and they come to the top. I guess I'm wondering like where in the process things get weeded out, you know, like. Yeah. 
So um, in, in official Scrum, there's someone called a product owner, and they are the ones who are responsible uh, for prioritizing that list and making sure um, the highest priority items are at top or ones that are never going to happen get removed um, or adding things to it. So, so there's always on that team that one person that holds that ultimate accountability. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Do you have any other like bits of wisdom that you want to give people and tell us how we can, in case anyone's listening who has a marketing team who needs Scrum help, tell us how to get a hold of you. Yeah. So you can check out my website at agilifytraining.com. And I also have a YouTube channel, Agile for Marketers, and a blog, Agile for Marketers, um, which is you can find on agilifytraining.com as well. So. Awesome. And any, any parting advice in just getting started and embracing this process? Yeah, just experiment with it, right? There's no perfect process and there's, there's no um, way that works the same for everybody. I've seen and heard many stories of people using Scrum at home and implementing different parts of it differently. So just, you know, use what works for you and um, experiment and learn and adjust it as you go. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you so much. At the end of every episode, I always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because I really do feel like action is where a big change happens. But here's the cool thing. The action doesn't have to be huge. The action can be little. It can be the accumulation of a lot of little things that add up over time. And so at the end of every episode, I always go back through the episode and really discover three things that we can all take action on this week. Now, I do three things so that you have some choice, so that you can really be inspired by the episode and choose the thing that most resonates with you. And I do have to say that I get a lot of help choosing these from my favorite writer, Sarah. So I want to make sure I give her a shout out, actually, as I'm taking all the full credit for these doable changes. But I digress. So the three doable changes, I want you to pick one. I want you to pick one thing that you can move forward with this week, that you can really decide to take on, that you can fit into your life, have fun with, experiment with, do all the things to make it your own, and then you can move on to the next one. And it might be from this episode, it might be from another episode, it might be from our list of 101 ideas. But no matter what, you're choosing one thing at a time because those 52 things every year add up over the course of a lifetime. All right, here are the three from this episode. Number one, create a home backlog. Have a family meeting, which I love this idea, and create a backlog. And here's what a backlog is. A backlog is a list of all the things that need to happen. And all the things can be all the things for your household to run. It can be all the things for a specific project, like a move or a vacation. You choose, but put all the things on sticky notes and get everyone's input. So get everybody a pad of stick sticky notes and get everyone writing, even the kids. And then as a family, you can start to prioritize and assign tasks to different people. All right. How fun. That actually makes it sound fun. Don't you think? That's one we're going to be experimenting with for sure this fall. Number two, time box. Take a look at your list of things to do and choose one important task for this week and mark off your calendar 
when you will do it, including how long you have to work on it. When the time comes, you're going to turn off all the distractions and you're going to focus on just that thing and you're going to get it done. Now, I call this time blocking a lot and I use it a lot in my work, but I also use it a lot to get like cleaning projects done around the house or to really be able to have focus times with the kids on homework. This idea of of time boxing, of time blocking is really powerful. So I highly recommend this as something that you experiment with in the course of your year. Okay, number three, do a sprint retrospective. When a sprint is done, so when you've come to the end of that three-week period where you're trying out you know, the household tasks or whatever it is you've decided to do, stop and look at how it worked out. And then use the information from the retrospective to make adjustments going forward. You might not get all the chores perfect the first family meeting around, right? We've all had that happen. So for example, look at the chores assigned to your kids. Were they too difficult? Did they have too much to do? Did they need more guidance? Or did they need different tools to accomplish the chores going forward? So make adjustments as needed. But very often we just get frustrated that things aren't working. And this is a really great tool to just pivot. Just change them a little. Improve them. Don't judge them. Improve the situation so that everybody can do their jobs well. All right, my friends, those are the three doable changes from this episode, and I will see you back next week on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.